You're listening to the Beyond the Profi podcast, where we help you out of career burnout so that you can reclaim your personal freedom while pursuing your passion. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, entrepreneur, influencer, and educator that will help empower you with our interviews, strategies, and straight talks. If you're ready to push past your comfort zone to your greatness, you have found the right podcast. Stay tuned and listen in. This Beyond the Profi episode is partly sponsored by Young Dental Innovations. Hey, 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 this is Jasmine, your host of the Beyond the Profi podcast. I have Ryan Isaacs with me. I am going to do a quick bio for him. He's a trusted financial advisor for dentists across the country who rely on him to build wealth with great confidence. And for each client, He considers the inseparable connection between personal and practice finances and develops a plan to optimize both. He's an expert in portfolio management, debt reduction, tax management, retirement plans, profit sharing plans, insurance, and flossing. He's also (laughs) the co-host of the Dennis Money Show and a regular speaker at dental events nationwide. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for putting the most important part in there, which is that I'm an expert on flossing. I do floss every night. I'm going to start with that. I floss every single night. I promise, I swear, I actually do it, not just before my appointment. That's actually really good to hear because I was just about to tell you that, you know, the bacteria poops in your gums. It does? Yeah. I'm going to tell my kids (laughs) that. It really does. Is that a truth? It, it, it puts other bacteria that will destroy We'll you call know, it poops. We're, we're calling it, it poops, poops from here. I'm telling my kids, look, you have bugs that are pooping on your teeth at night, and then that'll make them floss better too. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So, you know, here's a funny thing. He works solely majority, I would say like 99%, right? Because now we're going to add hygienists into the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking new clients, hygienists only. Yeah. So, you know, we need to talk about finances because every professional should. I am guilty of not really enjoying that conversation. Um, And we don't plan enough. I've heard that a lot from a lot of my colleagues. I'm guilty of that as well. So I just want to like jump and dive in on on to what are some things that we need to consider as as dental hygienists? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think one of the, you said it, it's just an uncomfortable conversation. You know, nobody likes to talk about money. We don't like to talk about it to strangers, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't like to talk about it with our significant others. Um, they're just tough conversations to have. And, you know, <clears throat> I think there's a myth that um, people with lots and lots of money that have lots of money left over every month, it's easier. Like it just kind of flows easy and it, it doesn't. I mean, the, the spending just gets bigger. There's just more zeros behind all the same stuff everyone else does. And so it's always um, just a really emotional subject. I mean, that's it. Money's just emotion. You know, it's like an energy. And for some, it's just, it's a really rough energy. And a lot of that is our upbringing, you know, how, how were we raised? What was, what was, uh, what were our parents' attitudes towards money? Like, what was it like growing up in the house? Did it feel like there was never enough and that it was a bad thing? Did parents fight about it? I mean, you know, you can take two people with the exact same situation, but just your upbringing and, and your your emotion around it from childhood alone will, will, you know, dramatically change the way you deal with it in, in your adulthood. So it's tough. Absolutely. Absolutely. I grew up in a single parent household. I wasn't raised with a lot. You know, I remember the struggles my mother dealt with and hmm. that that money story 
is is quite significant. I recently took a money archetype test. Oh, cool. From, uh, where was it at? Do you know what, where it was at? Yeah, so I got it, uh, the test from Christine Berry. She's a dental hygienist and she does coaching on that. Oh, cool. And I was floored <clears throat> because it's exactly who I am. <laughs> so what did it tell you? What, what did it say? That basically, I don't care about money. <laughs> <laughs> I am like all heart centered. Like I'm uh, all about like what kind of impact can I make? Yeah. I like I don't really feel comfortable in that conversation. I'd rather avoid it, which puts me at risk of challenges. Because mm -hmm. what I do is I give, 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 and I'm not concerned about what's coming in so that I can continue to. Ah. And then there's a rebellious side of me that also will take some risk that I won't, you know, I'm not like that penny pincher. Uh-huh. Terrible. So you let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And How fascinating. I, I have a love-hate relationship with money. I think Absolutely. we all do. Well, it's it's really interesting. Like a background like yours, um, it can turn people like one of two ways usually. You know, like some people um, see that early struggle with parents in childhood and go, they, they learn like an early respect for work, you know, and an early respect for just kind of grind and grit. Or some people get, you know, it, it like kind of hurts them later on um you can kind of get bitter about it and uh you know it sounds like it even though you you uh what do you say you avoid it um sounds like you're pretty healthy about it still i want to find that link that's really cool i'll have to get the link from you yeah so i'm not healthy yeah. i'm not <laughs> <laughs> what's your biggest spend what's what's the thing that what what's your spending uh kryptonite like what do you just go spend money on you're like i shouldn't do this it's not the spending it's not understanding money and making decisions earlier on in my education mm -hmm. taking out too many student loans okay and a lot of people fell victim to that and oh yeah so i was the first of my family to graduate from college of, cool. my, of my siblings my mom didn't understand how to navigate me through that process and so i was kind of figuring out on my own at 17 18 years old Mm. You know, with no real adult just like signing papers and you're like i don't know it sounds good sign me up let's do it yeah exactly. okay just so i can get through school and i finished yeah. cool but i left with a burden and i know that dentists deal with that also sure and dental yeah. hygienists deal with that also and it yep. prevents them from saving for the future so yeah for sure what would you like what kind of tips or strategies you would say for someone like myself and others who have that mounting depth of student loans and are just like, why I can't even think like, I got to feed my kids, you know, I, I, where do I even start? Yeah, where do you begin when it, Yeah. you know, I, I think um, one thing I would say before any advice is that um, it's, it's hard to, like it's hard to just live now like life's expensive nowadays mm -hmm. you know cities that used to be cheap to live in aren't cheap anymore mm -hmm. um like our headquarters is in salt lake city utah and this place used to be like no traffic and cheap housing you know you could have big yard big house you know and it, like it's a really expensive real estate market now and there's tons of traffic everywhere <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and life life gets expensive um how many kids do you have two two kids how old are they 10 and 7 oh man okay i have i have four daughters i have wow. four girls yeah and they're like 8 to 14 I, I i became a dad of a teenage girl for the first time in december of 2018 and i'm wow. still freaking out yeah um, 
<laughs> he's amazing, but I'm freaking out. Um, I guess the first thing I'd say is life's just expensive and it's hot. Like there's just a threshold of money that you have to make and you won't have anything left over, you know? And, and it's tough because there's always like a surprise bill. There's always like a surprise something every month. So I think, although it's hard, it's like a deep psych psychological thing. You know, it's all embedded in our personalities. It's just maybe like deep breath. It's okay. Like you're not doing bad, you know, like you're working hard, you're supporting a family, you're educated, you have a career you love, you're giving back to a community. That's good. You know, that's a good step one. Step two um, is the same thing that we would tell, um, uh, you know, a multi-location specialist making millions of dollars, which is the first thing you have to do with money is you just have to get organized. And this is the most painful part because this is where you got to face the truth and you got to put it on paper and you got to see like the red negative numbers, you know, <laughs> you're like, I already know it's bad. Like, I don't want to write this down and, and see it in a spreadsheet, but nobody makes good decisions, whether it's financial or health or fitness or career or anything, if there's not organization first. So what does that mean? it can be really simple. You can use a tool like mint.com um, or like any number of spending apps out there. Connect your accounts to it. Be honest about what's just being spent, you know, um, write down in a spreadsheet, just a simple list of all your bills every month, all the money that comes in and just do the easy math and see what's left over and just be first and foremost, be organized and honest about what's happening in your situation. Because even if it's not great, even if it's like, the story you knew was there like, wow, oh, there's no money. <laughs> I didn't have to write that down to know that, you know, mm -hmm. at least when you do that, you're just going to be a little more conscious of some decisions and good financial behavior is the same as any good, you know, behavior. It's little hundreds of little decisions over long periods of time. You know, it's not like one big thing that saves your financial future, you know? So I would say first deep breath, give yourself a pat on the back. Everyone listening, you know, you're like trying, you're working, you know, uh, you're, you're trying to make a difference in the world. And step two is just get organized, write it down, um, track your spending, just track, you know, the bills that are coming in every month, income that's coming in and start there. That'd be a good step one. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I've tried, I've done some Dave Ramsey. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, anyone, if you check him out, he has a show, you can go online, you can hear people scream to the top of their lungs. <laughs> Who doesn't know Dave Ramsey listen to this? <laughs> the guys, the guys, the biggest in the world, you know, honestly yes. for like a, a, a basic place to begin with personal finance, I went through his course, you know, 12, 13 years ago and loved it. Saw him live. I went and saw him at like this big stadium and, um, super energetic guy, but that's a great place to start because those are fundamentals of save a little emergency fund for yourself before you do anything, before you pay down the house or, you know, buy whatever you want to buy, try to get, you know, get out of debt quickly, be organized. Like his system is really it's um, where it has limitations where um, the like dental community will say like, God, oh, is that for me is like, you know, a, a multi-practice owner dentist with all these like business and real estate loans and student loans. And it's just a way more complex um, situation as a business owner, you know, someone who owns a practice or multiple, but like everyday people, man, I don't know if you can get much better than starting with the Dave Ramsey approach to, um, cleaning up like the basics, you know, yeah. totally agree with that. I think that's it great is. advice. Yeah. It's bare bones. Um, I, I mean, he cracks me up sometimes. Oh, I'm it's like, hilarious. Get rid of the dog, get rid of the cat. Don't yeah. Cat. Don't Sell everything. <laughs> and you know, you know, what's funny about that is I remember being in that situation. I think I had two little kids at the time and I think I was still trying to finish college and um, my wife had just quit her job and 
um, we, we were like part of the 2005 really excited, but, um, dumb crowd who bought houses when we shouldn't have, (laughs) but we didn't have to show any income on our loan statements in 2005. They're like, do you make money? I'm like, I don't know. Probably not very much. Like, great. You're qualified. No money down. You know, (laughs) we were one of those people. And like, I remember going through that period of time and, um, selling off like, um, some really cool basement furniture we just bought and we sold off a car. We shared a car. And I remember this, that time in life when, um, I, so I love food. I love food, like almost more than anything. I love food. Yeah. Okay, good. So I remember like we didn't have chicken and there was no meat in the house. We couldn't afford meat in our grocery budget, you know? Wow. And, like I didn't buy chicken. I did, you know, like went to mom's house to go rate her, her cupboards when I could. But I remember going through that um, system and you, you go from this um, kind of fearful state of like, crap, I got to make sacrifices. I got to sell stuff, maybe pick up extra hours. You know, this is really going to be tough. And then you almost get a pride about it. You're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sacrificing. I'm selling stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. he used to say delivering pizzas, but I think it's now like drive Uber, you know, right. drive, <laughs> drive for Lyft. That'd be like the new pizza delivery job. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it, it, like such good resources, a course, live shows, radio show every day, super cool stuff. Yeah, good absolutely. Call. Good so call. Let's, let's get into the business side of it. I do actually yeah. have some questions. So I just recently read this book. I don't know if you have read it. It's called Profit First. Oh, yeah. From um, Mike Michalowicz. Yeah, okay. And it blew my mind because as a business owner, first of all, the Best thing I can say for any new business owner, don't do what Jasmine did, which is try to handle all of the accounting Uh, your first year. Like that was the worst decision I could have ever made. What do you mean? Like you did it yourself? Like you were just trying to run the books and file the taxes and do all this stuff? Yeah. I went and got, um, what's the online platform that you can do it on your own? Just Um, like TurboTax? No. Quicken, QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Oh, okay. So I wind up doing, I'm not a numbers person. I was okay. like, all right, I'll save. I won't, you know. Yeah, you save like a few hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the worst decision I could have made. <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to say is like for all of our entrepreneur RDHs or just any entrepreneur, you've got to get one and you got to get one that is really good with handling the books. And that was the best investment I could have made after a year of being in business. So mm. I read this book, Profit First, which is interesting because we're typically we have the revenue come in, you have your expenses and that's your profit. Well, this is, you have the revenue come in, you take the profit out first. Yeah. Then you have yeah. your expenses. Yeah. Like novel concept. You're like, whoa, I get money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs struggle. Yeah. The first couple of years. <clears throat> so, I mean, Man, you're you're just saying like the the same thing we would tell Dennis all the time too, and it's just what I was saying before. Um, one of the first things you should do is try to get organized and try to get help where you can. Now, there is a point where businesses are small enough, or there's just not enough money to pay people to do jobs. You know, mm-hmm. um, you kind of just have to wear a bunch of different hats and and do them yourself. But I think that's really smart though. Look, look, I guess my question for you is looking back, did, were you aware of that right from the beginning? Like I shouldn't be doing this uh, accounting stuff or, or, or did it seem kind of intuitive? Like maybe you should give it a, give it a shot. I decided to just try it all, whether okay. it's like my website, <laughs> yeah, marketing, my website together, marketing. And I did it because I was like, well, I'm not really bringing in a whole lot. 
So, yeah, for sure. Like, how do you justify paying someone thousands exactly. of dollars to build a website when you're like, we didn't even make that last month? Yeah. So that was my decision to do that, but it was the worst. So did you keep some things on your plate that worked out though? I mean, um, some of the jobs that maybe you're not an expert at, but you still figured out and, and it worked out. Yes. Okay. Yep. So okay. I still, I handle my website. Um, I still am able to do the podcast editing unless we outsource that. Hmm. There's so many aspects of my business. I still take part in. I do have an admin team that helps with like my events and okay. with um, other things that I may need, but I know all of the workings of my business. Yeah. Ex cool. With the exception of still learning some aspects of the numbers part. Like I still have to sit down with them and have them explain that to me. Yeah. I, I mean, so that's really interesting, you know, cause I, you obviously have like a, a creative brain, you know, um, and an interest and a talent for doing those things. So I guess maybe the advice would be know your limitations, you know, maybe you're not an accounting person, maybe like getting into the accounting and running your own QuickBooks was just from day one, a mistake should have paid someone, even though it was like painful to pay for, but you knew on the other hand, that maybe, maybe you didn't have like a deep background in web design. You at least had a, a pretty big interest in it and you're a creative person. So you're like, if I'm up at two in the morning working on a website, that's better than two in the morning working on QuickBooks. Like putting in numbers. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> Anyone listening is doing QuickBooks at two in the morning. You're either a huge nerd and shout out to you. That's awesome. Uh, or you're doing something wrong and you got to get someone else in there. So exactly. that's a really good point. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, you're something before too. If, I mean, if you're talking about like um, hygienist employees of a, of a practice, like what can somebody do? Um, I know that everyone knows this. Everyone hears this all the time, but I was just thinking about it. And a lot of offices have retirement plans and they will give you free money when you put money in there. And I know it feels like the most painful thing in the world, especially if you're younger, if you're in your twenties and you know, maybe you're just newly married or you just got your first apartment and you're out on your own. Like there's no money to put into a retirement plan that you don't get for 40 years. You know, you can't touch, like there's no gratification in that. Even it's like 40 years from now. I don't know. <laughs> well, if I'm not even alive, like I, I'm not thinking about saving money, but man, when you're like 35 and 40, you'll be like, I really wish I would have got free money from my employer since I was 20 because every dollar you put in there up to a certain limit, you're getting free money. Yeah. And it's like a guaranteed rate of return. And I know it feels so hard and everyone knows they should, everyone knows they should do it, but man. It's, it's a big deal. And time, you know, life goes by, time goes by, whether we do something or not, you know, it's just like marches right on past us. And when you're, you know, I'm almost 40 and I look back, I'm like, I worked for jobs that had like free money giveaways for, mm -hmm. for 15 years of my life. And I, a lot of it, I never did anything, you know, cause you just think oh, 65, you know, yeah, <laughs> I need a fridge, you know, right. I'm trying to buy a couch. Like I'm sleeping on the floor. I, I need, need meat. A, I need meat in my fridge. I have no <laughs> meat in my fridge. And you're like, I'm not saving in a 401k. I don't even know what that is. And stocks and, you know, it's just weird. But, man, looking back, that would be the advice I'd slap myself uh, across the not bald head at 25 and be like, hey, son, put some money in that 401k. <laughs> I, you know, I agree with that. Um, I actually only had one employer that I was able, like, they matched it. So, okay. like. So for dental hygienists that are in clinical role, like how do you even start that conversation with the dentist that it's not even, it's not even a part of 
like it's not offered at the practice start asking so (laughs) how how you just gonna barge in there yeah this office door and be like give me my money okay now i'm (laughs) I'm gonna tell you a secret that you can't distribute this to dentists okay because i have to play (laughs) the other side of this argument for my clients that are trying to save money okay okay because all the time dentists will now there's no secret that um dentists the the owners of the practice they'll they'll put those plans in they'll max them out oftentimes they'll have a spouse get on payroll a spouse will work in the practice the spouse will max it out i mean they're they're getting a big tax deduction the owners are and it's very very helpful in their planning so tax rates are really really high but here's the secret okay you you can't tell any dentists about this and i'm telling you all right i'm going to deny this forever <laughs> if i'm going to somehow erase this video but Business owners will feel pressure to keep good employees, you know, they will, and they will implement things in their businesses. Um, That's a conversation that we frequently have where a dentist is saying, you know, I think it's time to do a 401k in the practice or something, you know, because my employees are asking for it and it might not even be for them. Like I've had clients that are like, I'm not ready to put that in myself. I have money that needs to go elsewhere. I got to open another location, whatever, but I have employees asking for it. Should I do it? And they will do it when employees ask for it. They will for good employees Like they want to keep, they want to keep people around. It's not, you know, deadly expensive to them to do it. It costs money. Um, it's money out of their pocket to, to run those things. But yeah, for sure. Ask for it. If you're a good employee and you know, you have a good relationship with the owner. Um, then it's just like, Hey, look, you know, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could uh, consider putting a retirement plan at the office with, with a match, you know, a lot of offices are starting to do that. And, uh, I think that would make a that would make a big difference for me in my career here with you, mm-hmm. um, and they will do that because the employees want it. I mean, it happens. I didn't say that. Okay, <laughs> I didn't tell you the secret to make. We're gonna dentists. put your contact information in our notes, and they know exactly where to find. It's the you. problem because then they have less money, and then it makes my job harder because they can't retire soon, and then I'm blamed for that. You know, and right. I, just, I just gave away the secret to making them spend more money. Exactly. But, but it's helpful, like taking care. I mean, you know, as a business owner, and I mean. Man, one of the best things anyone could do with money as a business owner is take care of the people around you. You know, get good people around you. Expect a lot from them. But getting the right people on the bus is like 90% of it. So, yeah, ask. And it's hard. And it's so hard. I didn't realize how hard it was, man. I've been, I've gone through a couple of assistants and it's just like it's tough and it's really hard to find the really good ones that's you find the good ones and then even finding as, as organizations get bigger you might have the right person but in the wrong place in, in the business you know the wrong seat on the bus you know the e-myth um book if you ever read that the e-myth no no okay uh, oh man that's an awesome book it's uh it it's called audible oh yeah for sure it's okay, like one good. of like the it's just like it's an easy read or an easy listen oh, i love audible Mm-hmm. Audible that's is like how, my, that's how, I, that's how I read my books. It's like my bedtime uh, routine, you know, when I'm done with everything and I'm like audible, like put on my, put on my, my book. But yeah, the e-myth, it talked, well, I'm always reading something. So um, I'm going to get like all nerdy on everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love nonfiction. I love business books. I, I love psychology. That's actually what interests me the most. Um, so I love reading books about like human behavior and psychology. There's an author named uh, Dan Ariely who does a lot of like, um, like behavioral stuff, you know, like why do humans behave the way we behave or are crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love like, 
um, like fantasy novels, like Game of Thrones style stuff, okay, you know, like end of the world, apocalyptic, um, you know, the classics like uh, Marvel, my daughter. Marvel or DC for you? Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this week, uh, me and my wife, we watched Aquaman. Okay. DC. And uh, what a specimen that dude is. You know, shout out to, what's his name? Um, Jason Moa. No, I was going to call really him. It's a hard Mo- last name. It's okay. fine. Um, what a specimen. You know, the dude's literally like a walking mountain. So shout out to him and his, and his fitness. But uh, it was a crappy movie. Oh, and man. I'm, I, like, I just thought the writing was really kind of bad and the acting wasn't very good. And then immediately after that, um, we watched – we, we re- I haven't seen this for a few years, but we watched Guardians of the Galaxy because we had recently discovered the beauty of Parks and Recreation and Chris oh. Pratt, like fat Chris Pratt, fat, fat Pratt. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I had no idea that existed. And me and my wife watched uh, Parks and Rec and just in love with that show. And then Chris Pratt. And then we were like, we got to see him in Guardians. And like, you know, so like funny. all chiseled and funny. And it's like made it a million times. So you, I watched the DC and then Marvel Guardians and like Marvel's got it nailed. Like, yeah sorry what about you i i like both i'm waiting for the avengers 2 to come out i am like biting my nails i have watched the avengers like five million times all of it um so i'm ready i'm ready for that but i like i like both i'm a huge x-men fan i totally went on a tangent okay no that's fine Uh, this is important (laughs) stuff that people need to know back to the um i was saying the e-myth though um the e-myth Killer, killer business book. Really, really simple. The concept is that there's three types of people in a business. Um, and you got to just know like who you are and who the people around you are, what type they are and get them in the right place. You know, there's like the worker bee and then there's like a manager and then there's like the idea person. And at first glance, it kind of sounds like, well, I know which one I want to be because the, the top, you know, the idea person, that's the, that's the top of the hierarchy and that's the most important integral that's not true. Like this book doesn't paint the picture. Like the worker bees, like just the worker bee. They call him a technician. I'm saying worker bee. They call him technician. Like the person who just loves to dive in, do the job, get the work done and just has a passion for the work. You know, that'd be someone who like just loves the, that'd be like a dentist who just loves the clinical dentistry. Doesn't like managing a staff of people. Doesn't really like opening practices and being the entrepreneur just loves clinical, like the best clinical dentist in the whole town. Like that's a technician. And you can have a killer technician and have stuck that person in a management job, in a manager position, or you could be forcing a manager to be doing like the thinking creative, like invent stuff work of, of the entrepreneur mm-hmm. or the entrepreneur is like bogged down in the technician's job mm-hmm. and you can have the right people and they're just in the wrong spot, you know, for their personality and their drive and their passion. So yeah, the e is a killer, killer book to kind of just understand that concept and, you know, know like who am I and who's around me and what seats are we sitting on? Cause maybe we got to switch seats a little bit. You know, it was a really, really helpful book for me. I, I've been in those positions. I would describe myself as I'm kind of a technician. Mm-hmm. Like I really just like the work of things, you know, I like to know clearly like what do I got to, what do I have to do and just like get it done. And, um, but I've been, I've been stuck in like the management kind of thing, you know, where I got to micromanage people or, you know, be in charge of like, actions other people are taking that stresses me out you know because mm-hmm. i don't like to be managed i don't like to manage other people mm-hmm. you know i like to just be like does everyone know what they got to do fine then do it if you don't do it you won't be around anymore right. and if you do it you will be you know right. <laughs> like it's pretty simple <laughs> we don't have to like make this more complicated but the right the right person in the right spot yeah so important big time 
Yeah, I recently had to demote someone. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because it just wasn't working out. She wasn't, and that wasn't her strength. Yeah. And it, I had to realize that because she was getting stressed out, and I didn't want to lose sure. her. She was good with the tasks that she did, but... Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm going to definitely add that on my Audible. Um, Hit that on Audible after, a, like, you know, mix it with a little fiction. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, You know what? Everything it's is personal. Right. Everything is personal and business development. Everything on my list. So I mm. just finished watching Girl Stop Apologizing. I mean, oh, cool. not watching, listening, listening, to listening to it. I just finished Who that. wrote that? Rachel Hollis. Oh, Your wife cool. should know who Rachel is. She, I bet she does. She's a big thing with all females right now. Man, that's like, yeah, it's, well, I'm, I, I live with five women in my house, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I constantly think about, uh, think about this, like this world that my daughters are growing up in, you know? We're, man, me, me and my wife were just talking about this last night. Something on, it was something on one of the movies that like kind of triggered this conversation. But my wife was like, yeah, but you know, at least it's, there's more awareness of, like the, the place for women in the world and what, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah, cause I mean, I like four daughters, you know, I worry about that so much. So yeah. I'm always thinking about like, how do we, you know, how, how do you make them feel like strong and worthy and, you know, just like empowered to be who they want to be and who they are. And so that's really cool. I'll bet my wife knows who that is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it comes from the moms I mean, and watching sure. moms. And one of the things that I always say right before I'm um, speaking or sharing a course, I'll share a picture of my family. Hmm. But my why is to raise warrior women. It's to cool. let them know that they are able to accomplish what they desire. And yeah. the passion that they've been given by God is something that they could explore and not be apologetic for that. Yeah, you know? that's all. That, so what's the book called? Girl, stop apologizing. Apologizing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so, going to read it to you. That's really cool. Yeah, you should. It's an interesting, interesting. It's good perspective. Look. Yeah, because for a lot of time, a lot of times for females, we get very apologetic. Um, we say sorry a lot. All the time. I have one daughter who always says sorry. Every time yeah. I'll say something to her, I'm like, I, you don't need to say sorry. You just have to say, okay, I'm just teaching you something like that's how you clean a toilet. You know, right. it's not like, sorry, dad. It's like, you didn't do anything wrong. It's like, <laughs> okay, dad. You know, like, see that thing on the, and by the way, I thought only boys would be messy in bathrooms and house. So I'm just going to like say a little bit here. Girls oh are very messy in bathrooms, like the messiest bathrooms ever. It's so gross. I'm the cleanest human in my family and I have five women. I in beg to differ. Men are the worst. <laughs> I'm like the cleanest, best smelling person in my house <laughs> by a long shot. I shower more than anyone else and I pick up more than anyone else. Let's get your wife on here to Let's, verify that. She will. She would actually say yes to that. She would actually say yes to that. Um, yeah, but that's funny you say that. One of, one of my daughters especially will always, always do that. I'll just be like teaching her something or I mean, like, oh, can you go uh, grab that thing from the dog, you know? And she's like, sorry. That, yeah, that, don't say sorry. Don't say sorry, you know? Yeah, say okay. Yeah, it's been, it's been conditioned in us. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because as an entrepreneur, <clears throat> when I go out and, I, and sometimes I have conversations with other women, they often ask me, are your children okay? Uh, How are they dealing with you? How and that's you something you would never say you a male you never ask a man that your kids okay where are they at right now who's with them like i don't know (laughs) i don't know i literally have no i think they're at school you know i don't know and And then people be like cool all right that's good for you you know you don't need to know yeah 
Yeah. And so it's just like our societal norms are like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that. And, and I actually was talking to a lady who works in corporate and she was applying for a position and the gentleman that was interviewing her asked her, um, how are you going to handle this position with your, with your children? And she said, stop right there. You wouldn't ask the same question. <laughs> you wouldn't ask a man that. No. I would not apply for this job if I were not to do the job to do it. Yeah, I'm here and to do so, the job. Yeah, so that's a lot of what she's talking about in this book is the fact that yes, you can be an Girl, ambitious woman. Yeah, you can be a vicious woman. You can have a family. You can have a loving, you know, relationship. We can do those things. Um, we just have to set boundaries. Yeah. On what's important for us? Man, I love I love hearing that. There's so much to there's so much to learn. I'm glad our, our world is changing slightly. Do you, I mean? Do you think it is? I mean, I I just it seems like it's at least more aware. It's like trying to change a little bit more. It feels like there's such a long way to go, though. Yeah. Here's the truth. Here, I mean, yeah. here's the truth of me spending the last you know 16 years of my life with women in my house. Women have always ruled the world. I mean, that, the, the truth is that like women rule the world. <laughs> the men have just pretended that we do. And we've made it worse by trying to pretend that, you know? <laughs> we, have, it's, we have a huge impact. I'd never want to minimize that. But I do see the value in men and the role that you guys play. For sure. But for sure. we do need, I think there's so many, I mean, there's so many dynamics. So, so Rachel talks about not just women, but then we have the complexity of ethnicity. That comes mm -hmm. in and other oh, yeah. aspects for sure and so there's still a lot of work that has to be done. man i don't i don't think this was the intended direction of the conversation today about money no. and finance but i love this i love this subject because it's just such a big part of my life and i i worry about it so much in the future you know seeing these little girls grow up and you know to like i, I just hope they can follow the direction that they want to go in and not not be apologetic about it you know mm -hmm. unapologetically just like powerful and i like that warrior women that's really cool yeah thank i like you. that concept that's really awesome yeah yeah thank you thank you so much um i don't know where i've heard oh you know where i've heard of that hmm. from um the co-host of mom genist hmm. christy lincoln okay a wampanoag indian she's native american ah. and she often uses that warrior women warrior warrior yeah. so cool yeah. what a cool image you know yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, I love that. Well, thanks for sharing all that. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's um, let me ask you my last question. Okay. Um, it was first of all, this was a really great conversation. Yeah, I've had a, this is fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't right. wait to see it. Like the next event that uh, you guys go to a lot of events and do a lot of speaking everywhere, don't you? Yeah, well, that not a lot of dental, not a lot of dental. Uh, so, okay. um, I will definitely take look out for the dentist money show and stuff like that. So hopefully, cool. we'll be back at the podcast summit. Yeah. All right. So here's the question. Uh, what is the best career or personal advice you've ever received? Hmm. The best career or personal advice? Mm -hmm. Man, or personal advice. Let's start with career advice. What would be the best career advice? So here's what's tough about that. I feel like I got maybe not the greatest at career advice starting a career. Um, from my dad, love my dad, shout out to my dad, you know? Um, but this actually, this goes back to what I was saying before. We're, we're so shaped by the experiences of our youth and, uh, around career and money, you know, like what are, what did our parents tell us? Did we see, did we see our parents loving the work they did? 
did they hate it? Was it a grind? Was it always like, oh, it's Monday and all, oh, thank goodness it's Friday, you know? Or did they have a passion for work? Those things affected us, you know? My dad didn't like the work he did. Uh, he was really successful, but I, he didn't love it, you know? Mm -hmm. And he always drilled in my head um, to go down a path that he wished he would have gone down. And I started that in college. I actually um, did four years of mechanical engineering. So I, I like math and numbers, but it was kind of like in my head that like, that's what my dad wanted to do. He wanted to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh yeah, get a technical degree, be, you know, math and engineer. Like, I, he, cause he works with a lot of engineers and he's like, those guys, job security, great jobs, you know, what a cool, and I started going on that path and I was miserable. Like yeah. it, it was a five-year degree and I was four years into it. And I just, I, I broke, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. You know, this isn't me. This isn't like my personality. I'm not having fun. I don't really care at all. I'm only here because I heard it was secure, you know, mm -hmm. and I like math. So like that was cool. But so I kind of feel like the opposite. Like I got the advice and I was young. I didn't really know any different. I didn't know what I was going to be. I didn't have like some people know at like 10 years old what they want to be. You know, I didn't. I just know I like talking too much. <laughs> and uh maybe one day i can earn like a decent living like just talking to people and uh i'm almost 40 and like it's like i feel like it's almost like dream job now because i talk for a living and it feels like it's cool like someone pays me to talk you know yeah yeah but i didn't know that and i i think i kind of got the opposite it wasn't the best career advice so if i went back to myself um at that period of time I, and this is what I like try to keep in mind for my kids too. And like, I, so I always think of, uh, my second daughter, she's 12. She was, she's like a hippie. She's like hippie personality. She should have been born in like the sixties, you know, <laughs> and she's just like all, all, her whole world is just like love and joy and creativity. And like, she's got a million ideas about everything. And, um, so I try to keep in mind for me as a dad to go like, just let her, you know, because I hear all the time, like, she loves animals, and she wants to be a vet, but then she wants to be a cook, but then she wants to be a scientist, and then she wants to be um, uh, a Shakespeare theater actor, you know, <laughs> it's like, so I just kind of think if I were, what I'll, what I'd try to do with them, or if I were to tell myself something in my 20s, um, it would be to maybe the world's just different now than it was back then for sure. Like pursue your educational path, like very important, you know? Um, but I think work experience is really important. Like you got to just try a lot of stuff. And even though the your twenties feels like such a crucial time, like I got to hurry, make money. I got to buy a house. I got to get going. You look back and it's kind of like, nah, you have time, you know, you have time in your twenties to pursue education, live really cheap and like intern for places, try jobs out, you know, let, let employers know, like, you're really trying to like learn their business and find mentors and mm -hmm. learn different, learn different things. And don't be afraid to say, what do I like doing? What makes me feel most alive and most like myself? And don't pigeon your whole pigeonhole yourself into thinking like, well, that doesn't make that much money. Or I don't, I don't see the career for that. Like podcasting did not exist when I was 20 years old, you know? Yeah, so if I said, same. yeah, yeah. The same thing. You're like, I love speaking and I love teaching and I love talking and I talk too much. And, um, <laughs> how could I make a career out of that? You know, yeah. in, in the year 1999 or 2000, you know, when I was like getting out of high school and starting to look for work and thinking about college, like that wasn't an option. I couldn't ever thought, well, like maybe I'll be a podcast host one day. Maybe I'll teach people about something I have some expertise in over this 
technology doesn't even exist anymore. So I would just say like, be open, try lots of things. Um, don't, you know, don't be so closed minded. Like I can't see what that career might be or that doesn't, it doesn't exist. I couldn't ever do that. Cause you just, you never know, you know, so true. and you know what I, here's what I would say actually is, um, recently we had this, uh, team um kind of end of year meeting in 2018 in december and our our company's grown a lot we've we've had a lot of really just talented cool people and one of the team members we have we're building some technology some of our process we're putting into this cool app and one of these uh, new team members is a software developer really really like accomplished in his field and he's like 42 or 43 and we're all just kind of giving a recap of the year and the stuff we're working the projects we're working on in our company and he said something he was like you know, I'd never thought at like 42 years old, I would be in my dream job. And I haven't had it yet. And I'm in my dream job. And I sat there and I thought like, I'm almost 40. And I feel that same way too. And so if I were going to go back to my 20 year old self or my daughters, I'd be like, don't expect that dream jobs, like you just know what it's going to be, or that you're just going to just flow right into it magically. And you probably won't even feel like you're in a dream job till you're like middle of your career anyway. You just don't know enough about yourself. You haven't tried enough things yet to really know that. So I would say you can find your dream job and it doesn't have to start at 22. And if you're 35 and you don't feel like you found it, you're not done. It's okay. You'll find it, you know, just like keep flowing and let it happen and keep exploring and being open and be brave, be the warrior, you know, and you'll find yeah. it. So that's what I would say. That'd be my, my advice. Oh, Man, we Whoa. can go on and on. I love that. Do this again. <laughs> I like it. We, we sure do. I mean, I, first of all, we've gone way over what I normally record. Okay. Talk too much. <laughs> Told you, you know, can I make a career out of that? The conversation has been real. And, and that's what I like. I like authenticity, but that is so true. I put so much pressure on myself personally, yeah. just hearing you say that. And I didn't really get a chance to really explore. Someone just asked on Facebook, what other career would you choose outside of dentistry? For me, since 13, it's always been dentistry. Really? Always cool. been dentistry. Hey, you're crazy, but like, fine, all right. <laughs> I've been scared of the dentist since I was 13, but that's, that's another story. Well, you haven't been too scared enough because you've got natural teeth, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they, they've, been, they've been okay. They've, they've been decent teeth. And you know, the, uh, the job, when they asked like, what would you do? I was like, oh, a radio show producer. Like, so cool. Be so fun. Yeah. Like, to choose a content. I don't even have to be the person speaking um, always. But curate it all and yes, produce Yes, I love it. that. I love that. So I love the fact that you said that. I would have never thought that either when I decided yeah. to leave what I was doing and start my business and do this podcast. It's, it's crazy. So cool. I wouldn't change it for the world. So yeah, well, and and that's the thing, right? It, those sometimes you got to go through years of grind to get to the dream job because that's that's the thing that'll shape you into finding it in the first place. And without that grind, you wouldn't get there. So you know, you got to go through it. Very right. cool. So tell the listeners where they can contact you. Where can they find you? Yeah, so we're at dentistadvisors.com, and uh, we have a weekly podcast called the Dentist Money Show. Um, surprisingly, we have quite a few listeners that um, are not dentists. Um, a lot of what we talk about is just basic personal finance, the things that people have questions about all the time, you know, like insurance and work retirement plans and saving money and spending and uh, paying back loans and debt and how to think about, you know, your financial future and retirement. And 
we just talk about, we tackle these talk topics, um, every single Wednesday. So Dennis advisors, you can find it. You can find it on iTunes, Dennis money show. And yeah, I'd love to have new listeners. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time. Yeah, together. for sure. I, uh, I thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll have to talk books and career another time too. That'd be great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Sounds it. Good. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the show. We value each and every one of you. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on beyondtheprofi.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend and leave us a review. We will see you next time, BTP family.